Hello, and thanks for tuning into this episode of I Think I'm Gonna Lose It, a podcast about losing weight, getting healthy, and trying to have some fun in the process. I'm Dana Tofig, and in this episode, we're gonna talk about why. The coach that's working with me through the weight loss program I'm using wanted me this week to focus on why I wanted to lose weight and get healthy. It seems like a pretty simple question that should have a pretty simple answer. I'm 51, very overweight, and I don't want to die. But in reality, articulating my why was a lot harder than I thought it would be. Also on this episode, we're going to talk about booze and try to answer the question, can you drink alcohol and still lose weight? And lastly, I'm going to tell you what a Virgo should eat. Seriously. So let's get started. If you're into TED Talks, the chances are you've seen one by Simon Sinek called Start With Why. I won't recap it fully here, but if you haven't seen it, I'd say it's worth a viewing. The bottom line is that why you do something is more important than what you do. The why is what keeps you going. The why is what gets you up in the morning. The why helps you get through setbacks and roadblocks. It's your passion. It's your motivation. Cynic says it's true if you're selling a product, starting a company, or running for political office. And I guess it's true if you're trying to lose weight and get healthy. In the last episode, I told you that after doing some research, I settled on Weight Watchers, or WW, as the program I'm using to lose weight. And as part of that, I chose the one-on-one coaching option. So every week, I get on the phone with my coach, who can access some of my data through the WW system. The coach is someone who has gone through Weight Watchers, lost weight, and kept it off for a long time. And they're trained by WW to help others. In our second conversation, my coach asked me to think about my why. Why did I want to lose weight and get healthy? As I said at the beginning, this seems like an easy question to answer. I want to lose weight so I'm less likely to get sick or die. But, quote, don't die is not very motivational, is it? It's not something you'd necessarily put on a bumper sticker. I think what my coach was getting at was what is at the heart of my wanting to be healthy? And that was harder to answer. I've wanted to lose weight for so long, I never thought about why. I just did. Well, I thought a lot about it last week as I was cutting up vegetables for a salad and eating steel-cut oatmeal instead of a bagel and trying, with limited success, to drink coffee without sugar. Why am I doing all of this? In the end, it came down to one word. Joy. The truth is, Nobody really knows how many days or years they've got left. Hopefully I'll live a long life like my father, who passed away at 92 and was healthy for nearly all of them. But it could be far less. My mom died at the young age of 60 after fighting cancer for several years. In fact, she was diagnosed with cancer when she was not much older than I am. However many years I have left, I want to experience the full joy of those years. I don't want to have to sit on the sidelines catching my breath. I know it sounds corny, but I want to help my kids move into their first college dorm rooms or their first apartment. If it's in the cards, I want to dance at my son's weddings. I want to play with my grandkids. 
I want to travel with my wife and take long hikes in the Rocky Mountains or long walks in the streets of Rome. I want to keep playing music and performing as long as I can. I can't do anything about getting older, but I can do something about becoming an old man before my time. And frankly, my friends, I've been feeling old recently, and it scares the hell out of me. I'm only 51, and if I continue down this path, I might survive for 10 or 20 or maybe even 30 years, but I won't be fully living. It won't be a life of joy, and that's what I want. So why am I doing this? To experience as much joy as possible in the years to come. Is that corny? Yes, but it's true. That's my why. So what's yours? If you're on a journey to get or stay healthy, I'd love to know your why. Shoot me an email at loseitpodcast at gmail.com or tag us on Twitter at loseitpodcast. I might share what you tell me, and hopefully it'll inspire others. Thanks. What you're listening to is the sound of the St. Patrick's Day celebration at the town square where I live in Maryland. There's a band playing, people dancing, and of course lots and lots of beer. I think your St. Patty's Day is a good time to tackle an age-old question. Can you drink alcohol and lose weight? Now, something you should know about me. I spent 16 years as a newspaper reporter, and now I work for a research nonprofit. Facts and evidence matter to me. A lot. When I try to dive into a question like this, I'll be looking for rigorous, independent research and seeking input from people who have expertise. I will not simply talk about something that a friend shared on Facebook or Twitter without checking it out. And before we go on, we're going to talk about the impact that alcohol has on weight and diets. But I know that alcohol can have a devastating impact on people who are addicted and their families. So if that's you, please just skip the next few minutes and stay strong. Thank you. Okay, so as we've established, I like alcohol. I enjoy beer and wine, and I especially like bourbon. I'm not a heavy drinker, but certainly five drinks in a week is not unusual for me. Sometimes it's more and sometimes it's less. However, when it comes to losing weight, there's a mixed message about alcohol. Some programs say it's okay, while others forbid it. Basically, there are three main reasons for why alcohol and weight loss don't mix. First, it's high in calorie. Now, is that true? Well, let me consult my handy WW app, which says that one and a half ounces of bourbon is about 105 calories. A glass of red wine is about 125 calories, and a Bud Light is about 110 calories. That's about the same as an eight ounce glass of fresh orange juice or eight ounces of Coca-Cola. But I'll tell you that I get much more pleasure out of sipping bourbon than I do out of drinking Coke or OJ. Still, there's no doubt that alcohol packs a lot of calories. Reason number two, dieting and booze don't mix because of how alcohol is processed in your body. Jane Brody of the New York Times wrote an article about this topic in 2017 where she reviewed and shared a lot of research. 
She wrote, and I'm quoting here, Unlike protein, fats, and carbohydrates, alcohol is a toxic substance that is not stored in the body. Alcohol calories are used for fuel, thus decreasing the body's use of other sources of calories. That means people who drink must eat less and exercise more to maintain their weight. That all seems pretty logical, and I don't think I could have said it any better. I'll link to this article and the research on our Twitter account, and as an aside, if you're interested in personal health at all, Jane Brody's columns and books are a must-read. The third reason is that alcohol lowers your inhibitions, causing you to make less healthy eating decisions. I think anybody who's ever been on a diet knows this is true. And I think we can all agree that alcohol, especially to excess, can lead to poor decisions in a lot of areas. Food choice is just one of those. But all of this doesn't answer the overall question. Can alcohol be a part of a healthy lifestyle, or is it taboo, especially when you're trying to lose weight? The main source for Jane Brody's article was a 2015 review of available science on the topic. It was published in the journal Current Obesity Report. Now, I'm sure you have the latest copy on your nightstand. But I read this article, and, and here's what I learned. Many of the studies they reviewed found that moderate alcohol intake, such as two or fewer drinks a day, had little to no effect on people's weight. Now, in some studies, the effects of drinking were different for men and women and people of different ages, but these findings were really not clear. And not surprisingly, heavy drinking and binge drinking was more likely to cause weight gain. The authors noted that there are a lot of external factors that influence people's weight, including genetics. So alcohol can affect different people in different ways. The bottom line? There's no clear answer, I'm afraid. So what do you do? The last line of the research review kind of sums it up for me. Quote, moderation in drinking is still an important recommendation, together with a healthy lifestyle not conducive to weight gain. In other words, don't overdo it and make sure you're watching what you eat and exercising. So what am I doing as I try to lose weight, hopefully for the last time? I'm trying to manage it. I mentioned in the last episode that in my first week on the WW plan, I was able to successfully get through a happy hour by managing what I ate the rest of the day. So as a reminder, WW uses points, and I focused on zero-point foods, such as fruits, vegetables, and others that don't count toward my daily allotment. By the time I got to happy hour, I was able to enjoy myself without worrying about going over my limit. The next day, though, was a different story. At night, I unexpectedly found myself with two good friends at a bar, sitting by a fireplace, talking, sipping wine, and eating from a nice cheese plate. I was starting to stress out about my eating plan and wondering if I should leave, even though I was having a good time. But one of my friends, a guy who also struggles with weight, said something that resonated with me. He said that these are the good times that you don't want to miss, sitting around with friends, enjoying good wine and good food, that this is why he said he was going to the gym and trying to eat well, to try to enjoy life. And he was right. Hanging out with friends brings a lot of joy to my life. I get energy from it. If I skipped this opportunity and others in the future, then I think I would find myself resenting my eating plan and I'd be more likely to fail. That doesn't mean I should go overboard. And I didn't. 
but a couple of glasses of wine and a few hunks of good cheese didn't set me back too badly. I did go slightly over my point allotment that day, but on this night, it was worth it. So how did week two go? Well, overall, it was pretty successful. I stayed within my point allotment all seven days. I was able to do light exercise most days. I stuck to pretty simple foods like salads and soups, chicken and tuna fish, oatmeal and lots of fruits. I do know this. I'm going to have to find some good, healthy recipes and snacks if I'm going to stick with this plan. I like salads and tuna fish, but I can't do it seven days a week. So what did the scale say? Well, my weight two weeks after starting this program was 250.4 pounds. That means I lost about three pounds last week and I've lost 11 pounds since starting, give or take a couple. Best of all, I definitely feel like I have more energy, my clothes are a tad looser, and I'm sleeping better. Those are all good things but I'm keeping my enthusiasm down. I've been here before. But on to week three. Before I sign off, I wanted to follow up on something I said last week. When talking about the different types of diets, I joked that there was probably an astrological diet and wondered what a Virgo would eat. Well, a resourceful listener, who also happens to be my wife, found out. There's a website called findyourfate.com, and it has a section called Diet Astrology. It states, and I quote, One's astrological chart describes his or her unique constitutional makeup. From this, a medical astrologer can identify health issues he or she is most likely to experience, as well as specific recommendations of what they can do to regain and maintain optimum well-being. Astrology identifies four basic constitutional types, fire, earth, air, and water. Now, as a Virgo, I fall into the earth constitutional type. The site describes us earth folks as such. Overeating and a diet of heavy foods creates excess earth, which is aggravated by a lack of exercise and sedentary habits. They often have beautiful, strong teeth. That's a little weird, but I do actually have nice teeth, and I have plenty of excess earth. The website suggests I eat fruit, salads, sprouts, steamed vegetables with spices added, juices, soups, and teas, and that I stay away from, and I quote, heavier foods, whatever those are. Okay, there you have it. I'll share this link on Twitter, and I will continue to try to shed my excess earth. So thanks for tuning in. A quick reminder, I'm doing this podcast to share my experiences and what I'm learning, but I'm not a doctor, a nutritionist, or a trainer. If you're going to start a program or make changes to your diet, please consult a professional first. And before I go, March is National Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month. About 50,000 people die a year from colon and rectal cancers, and detection is the key to survival. 
So if you're over 45 or you have risk factors, please talk to your doctor and get screened. I had my first colonoscopy last year and it just wasn't that bad. I wrote about it and I'll link to it on Twitter. For more information on colorectal cancers and getting screened, please visit www.ccalliance.org. Well, that's all for this week. Follow us on Twitter at loseitpodcast or shoot me a note at loseitpodcast at gmail.com. That's all one word, loseitpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for coming with me on this journey. We'll see you next time on I Think I'm Gonna Lose It. <laughs>